up in the red room. Before the stars can be paid, there gotta be a dope ass story on the page. Let the beast about the cage that light about the dark. Can you build the inferno from the itty bitty spark? Coffee shop hustlers rise with the cream. A million other writers, same Hollywood dream. Your pen and paper, all like bullets in the gun. Write what you feel, say what you want in the red room. We say what we say, we do what we feel. We gotta keep it real in the red room. All about the crap, a screen riot. Feel my bottle up with lightning up in the red room. So look, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get in. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? 2016. 2016. Yeah. So, on this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So today, we got a special little show for you guys. little disclaimer, my girl, Lisa Bolakaja, is on another panel, Little Miss Busy, doing her thing. That's what's up. Shout out to you. We can say shout out to her. Shout out to Lisa. Shout, shout out, out to, to Lisa. Lisa. Do your thing, girl. Here it is. Well, it's Father's Day today. Shout to all the all dads the out fathers. there, for sure, who are doing the job. All the fathers, not the daddies, because daddies, they don't be staying around. All the fathers. <laughs> the fathers doing, doing the, fathers the job. Work. Okay, I had it. Putting in work. I heard Brenda had a baby, but Brenda's barely, ba- you know what I'm saying? Obviously going to the rap for y'all. No see? doubt. Brenda. There, there is a difference. <laughs> anyway, so y'all know how we do it on the rant room. So today we got my man, writer, director, producer, Tracy Grant in the house. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What it do? Nice to be with the whole Rant Room crew once again. Yes, sir. What it do? And then we got my man, my little bro, Chris Derrick from the popular Derrick Brothers writing and directing team. What's up, Chris? It's good to be back. It's yeah. such a, like, it's, it's a short time. So I, was like, I know, you were just here. Like, was it that ago. long ago? That was a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before that, it had been like, oh, it's been a minute. It's been yeah. a minute. I'm going to have you all more often. We're going to have you more often. Um, so today we're going to do another Chop It Up episode with you guys. So before. The um, before we, we, we turn on on the um, the microphones and stuff, we started chopping up about directing because all of us you know are all directors and stuff. I tend to produce and write a little bit more than I direct, um, but the two of them are really getting involved in more directing, whatever. So we were starting to talk about directing and process. Let's let's talk about that right now, and then we'll move around to something else. But let's okay. So, we'll, we'll, so remind the kids a little bit of what we were talking about. So we were talking about. Uh, first time directing and the process and, and understanding the logistics of, 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 of how that works. Mm-hmm. And the thing that, that I was getting ready to say was what is hard for me as a writer is that when I think of story, I think of the, the pictures. Mm-hmm. So all I'm really trying to do is write down what I'm seeing in my head. Okay. I'm not thinking about like how the, like how the words have to sound on the page yet i mean that's that's later but it's it's, it's figuring out those images and then so it's to me is so then when it comes time to direct i already have those images in my head i'm already thinking about how this is going to cut how the images oh i'm i'm, I'm going to shoot till here on this take and mm-hmm. if and if we don't get the right take at this certain point in the dialogue, wherever it is, on say, you know, we're shooting on a thirty millimeter because I know we're gonna be shooting on the other side mm-hmm. on like a on like a sixty, I mean a fifty or something like that. I don't need to go 
and make sure that I that I have the performance best then. Because I, because I know when we're editing, we're going to yeah. cut it. You know, you know you're going to go to somebody you know, else's yeah, two-shot or yeah, over the shoulder yeah, or whatever, but, right? But the thing is, is that that's how I write. Mm-hmm. So usually when I'm like, when, when I'm breaking out the, 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 the images in this, the script, I'm just thinking like, how, okay, how do I describe the image in my head? Mm-hmm. Not describing the action that's supposed to happen. Like, you know, like I'm running down the hallway. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay he's running down the hallway and there's a steady cam on the shot right mm-hmm. or it's like or some i mean that's how it's in my head mm-hmm. that i think makes it a little dip the process is, is a little more challenging for me like writing that way okay. because i'm never in that space of it's strictly story well let me ask you because we were talking about <clears throat> first-time writers and and we were talking about a mutual friend of ours who is about to direct the project, right? Right, right? And we were talking about how they were asking you, you know, a while back when they decided to direct, you know, like what, and the same for you, Tracy, mm-hmm. like what are, what, are the, what, are, what are the things that you do or what do you need to know in order to be able to direct? And you had given her a list of like know your lenses and let's talk about that stuff. Yeah, well, okay, so I feel, and this is the school that I'm from and there's a lot of people who say differently because there's a lot of directors who don't do this, yeah. who don't know. I don't know. How like, how like, <laughs> How the how the lens photographs mm-hmm. in terms of like like which focal length gives you what mm-hmm. and why because the one thing that I noticed from a lot of photography and photographic study is different lenses can give you different emotional feeling. Okay, and he sounds like Maplethorpe now, don't he? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Sure. Come on, come on, Robbie. Okay, look, I just watched that documentary. That shit was off the chain. It was off the chain. Really good. So good. good. Yeah. Yeah, You you, you gonna get everybody busted? (laughs) Keep rocking like that. No, but so to so it's. I mean, like that's just how I came up, you know. Because like I was a photographer, starting off in like I think ninth grade. I started shooting photos for the for the yearbook. Mm -hmm. You know, I shot all through high school. I shot a little bit in college, but I wasn't on the any kind of yearbook staff. And when I came out here, I just shot more and more and more and more and more. And at the time, you know, this is still in the photochemical process days only. Sure. There used to be this camera house called um, RGB Photo. Okay. And they did this really cool shit where they would take motion picture film stock and cut it down and put it into the the the, the, the SLR camera body, mm-hmm. the, like film cartridge, mm-hmm. so that I could go out with my Canon and shoot and figure out like lighting and how stuff works and know how how it would really work for like the cinema film because cinema, oh, really? cinema film is different than mm-hmm. the film you get you know to take the Rite Aid or some sure. shit. I mean, just everything like that. And so like and so that taught me a lot about mm-hmm. how you create your image. And to me, so much about filmmaking is about creating the image that you want and how and, and what images that you put back to back, and that tell, that's telling your story. Mm-hmm. That's how the that's where the lenses mean so much. I mean, it's to me because you, you're thinking you just say to yourself, "What's the emotional event that I'm trying to capture right now?" Mm-hmm. In this, you know, and then where's that turn in the scene? Because you know, as a writer, you're always writing. Okay, the scene's going to turn here, mm-hmm. and that's how we get out of it, mm-hmm. or that's going right. to push us to the next part. So, as a director, you're saying to yourself, "You got to capture that moment, mm-hmm. and you got to decide: is that going to be the long shot? Is that going to be the medium? You know, or I'm going to be on the fifty 
mm-hmm. but then it's going to be more emotional, and then I'm going to cut into the 75. Mm-hmm. And you should know that because you, the background changes, like you know, depth of field, like just just all that shit changes. And if you're not so aware of that, you don't have to be. I mean, there's like certain guys like. Like director named Mike Lee is a British filmmaker. Mm-hmm. I've heard he knows nothing about the camera. Hmm. You know, you don't. So you don't have to. Wow. Well, well, well let's let's talk about it, and I want you to jump in. Sure. So I never forget. I don't know. How, I want to say let's say ten years ago, Penny Marshall was on Inside the Actor Studio. Right. We all know Penny Marshall, big all those movies. Right. No doubt. <clears throat> Oscar winner. She was talking with. Um, why am I going blank on his name? The guy Lipton, James, Lip, Lipton? James Lipton. And he said to her something about, oh, you're such a wonderful director, and, you know, wow, your knowledge, and blah, blah, blah. And she says, actually, I really don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and he was like, but you're like an Oscar winner. She's like, let me explain. She said, I learned a long time ago from some other big director. They said, you don't need to know all that stuff. It's good to know because it benefits you, right, to be a Sonnenberg or something, right? He said, she said, all I do is make sure my DP is badass and I tell him what I need and then he makes that vision come through and and that relieves me of worrying about not knowing this and not knowing that exactly and how does this work for me not doing and I was like okay I just need to get the right DP to be like look here's a picture of a still of a shot from Blade Runner for instance right how do we get this shot in my house, <laughs> you know what I mean. Whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck, right? Absolutely, you feel me? And we did, didn't we? Right? Totally. So, 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 what I'm saying is, but, but the DP and his team, his, 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 his G and E team knows how to do that, right? So, it didn't, it didn't kill me. This is just, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to scare anybody away from. Oh my God! Before I direct anything, I got to know the 35 and the 75, and the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It helps you to know because you can have a conversation with your GP better, of course, right? And you can probably um, um, be more aware. But I'm just letting you know that you can still direct without knowing those things as long as your fucking DP knows. No, oh, well, what's what? Well, oh, that's well, all. No, no, and and that's absolutely true. <clears throat> it's, I mean, and it's really to me. I feel, I realize that it's really all about the type of filmmaker that you are. Mm-hmm. So there's a really great book that I love. It's called. Uh, who the Devil Made It? <laughs> and title. it's by it's Peter Bogdanovich. Okay. And before he became a director, he would he would interview all these directors. Mm-hmm. All these old time Howard Hawks and Hitchcock and Wells is the mm-hmm. big thing. He did his own book on that. And he got the title from a conversation he had with Howard Hawks, who's, you know, his I think one of his favorite movies. The movie is I love is this movie called uh, "Bringing Up Baby," and it's say that again. It's called what? It's called "Bringing Up Baby." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a really, really good comedy. And um, his girl Friday. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that Howard Hawks would say to him, "I want to know mm-hmm. if I don't see the credits by the style of the way the movie's shot, who the devil made it?" Huh. Interesting. Because. Filmmakers bring their own style sure, to that's it. That's right. And sure. if you know, and that comes from, I mean, it's more apparent, I think, mm-hmm. by what's the visual style. Because if I show you a Steven Spielberg movie, no doubt. And, and 
I don't show you that credit. That mm-hmm. credit thing, you got to watch around 10 minutes and go, oh, that's Spielberg. Right. Yeah, yeah definitely. You know, or Michael Mann. Or Michael mm-hmm. Mann. Or mm-hmm. that's Francis Coppola. Yeah. Or, you know, that's David Fincher. Or, yeah, because yeah. those guys know. Those guys all fucking know mm-hmm. what, what the hell we're trying to get. Now, is you're right. You don't need to have the, the like the, the lens now. You could just be sit, you can just say storytelling, storytelling, storytelling. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to get this emotional moment. This is the moment that I want in this script. How do we convey it best? You know, and, and that's really all that you need to be thinking about when you're directing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that, you know, like I just have this thing about style. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying, I mean, or, or having your stuff be stylized, like like putting your stamp on the project. There's some filmmakers who don't do that, and they feel that's intrusive mm-hmm. to the audience, and it fucks up the storytelling experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and I noticed you brought up Penny Marshall. I mean, she's great. I mean, like mm-hmm. *Legally* is, is a great, great movie. *Big* is a great, great movie mm-hmm. too. But but you say to yourself, those are comedies. Mm-hmm. And comedies don't need the same type of style, you know, because you're not trying to like do this kind of like, like that Michael Mann, like the editing right. style, where it's like this rapid shit. Right. But Woody Allen has that comedic style also true. true but here's the thing about Woody Allen's work that I think if people he does some shit that's so fucking cool I don't think people even notice it because they never talk about it mm-hmm. but he'll do shit where he'll leave the camera on a room is is empty yeah people walk in and walk out and the scene doesn't doesn't follow them hmm. yeah. it's like he does cool shit like that but Woody yeah. Allen yeah. That's timing too, though. Yeah. That's all timing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the editor pulls back. Yeah, because uh-huh. he, 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 she doesn't shoot a lot. Right. But the greatest thing about Woody Allen is, and this is the thing that people don't quite get, is that he works with cinematographers who fucking are geniuses. Mm-hmm. Like his new movie, Cafe Society. Right. He's, he's shooting with Vittorio Storaro, known for Apocalypse Now mm-hmm. and like you know the the Last Tango in Paris like that major major guy his and the breakthrough films that Woody Allen did were all shot with Gordon Willis who became the big name from doing The Godfather mm-hmm. and those guys it, it, there's a really great uh, um, guy I forget his name online but he was his name was Wolf Crow he talks about the cinematographer Gordon Willis Gordon Willis is one of these guys who would impose his own cinema style <laughs> on the directors so you can do it my way. It's crazy. You're not. We're not. Uh, you know what? We're not. It's really fascinating. Really? Yeah. And but the, but those guys love that because it gave yeah. them a framework to work in, mm. and they didn't have to worry. Mm-hmm. But he would always insist upon just what Penny Marshall was saying. Mm-hmm. Tell me what's happening yeah. in the scene as a director, so I know what we're gonna get. Okay. And right. so I can tell you. Oh, well, you need 85 now, or you know, blah blah blah. So so you don't well, need well, to well, know. Speak, no. Speaking of that, let me ask you a question, Tracy, because. For instance, like I'm one of those. Whenever I direct, I always tell my, whether it be my AD, my other producers, my DP, whoever. If you got a great idea, come whisper it in my ear. No doubt. Of and course. because I'm going to get the fucking credit anyway. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? They're going to be like, wow, dude, you directed that? Right. They'll be like, yeah, I did. They don't realize, oh, that shot. I didn't do that shot. That was actually, <laughs> Chris was standing next to me and said, hell, we should move the camera right there because look at that, look at that shot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, well, uh, but, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So go, let, me, let, let me let Tracy answer. Well, no, I'm with it. And to let the audience know, if you haven't put it together now, we're with two filmmaker purists. For sure. Chris especially. Oh, definitely. He's a cinephile. And, uh, well, you are too. I love my movies. Don't get me wrong. You are too. You know. I'm still growing, and my role as a producer has grown out of necessity. Mm -hmm. I haven't 
gotten to where you all are just yet as sure. a director. All right, well, that's good to have that but different, the different balance, perspective. The balance. Yes. You know, coming up as a writer mm-hmm. and in television, I'm certainly story-driven, mm-hmm. you know, all about making sure we're expressing a story and the emotion in the best way. I don't have the same artful approach yet that Chris might in terms of the visual images. Mm-hmm. Although the, you put the visual images together, you know, mm-hmm. um, coming from the script, that's your sort of execution. So I'm not going to be that person, and I'm working on a documentary. I'll speak to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. But, and you know, Chris is my people, you're my peoples. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be spending an afternoon talking with you about lenses and cameras mm-hmm. and shots. Mm-hmm. And as a well, viewer... Good, let's talk to those people then. Well, no let's doubt. Go. But I also don't like... I think there's a fine line when the film is finished mm-hmm. between capturing those artful visual images that move the story forward mm-hmm. and these lengthy, masturbatory, action-lacking scenes... Mm-hmm that look good and crisp and have a high production value, mm. but are working against the story in my judgment. Well, sometimes that's, that's no. the DP, sometimes that's editing. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to tell my DP and my director, look, whatever you got to do, storyboarding, your technicals, it's fine. I need my shit to look like House of Cards. <laughs> <laughs> Don't really care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need my shit to look like... OJ made in America. Yes. So talking over do- like yes. production yes. value. Yes. Okay, you've got the high camera, you got the skills as a director. I'm trusting you to put the DP and the crew together. Mm-hmm. Here is the subject matter. Mm-hmm. This is the material you're going to work on, but it has to have that production value. So mm-hmm. my approach is like you as a producer, you definitely have a vision of the end result. And, you know, sometimes those details aren't always important, Mm -hmm. you know, at that stage. You're putting people around you, as Penny Marshall also said, Mm -hmm. who who are going to do the job. Yeah, and Um, that's their specialty. But see, now, Tracy, so Tracy, you said something that's so, that's so critical. It's so, so critical is that you said, I want my shit to look like the House of Cards. That's the tone conversation that you got to have with everybody on the process because then you all know what you're aiming for. And that really informs so much of everything. Absolutely. You know, because the worst thing is someone else is making a different movie. Right. And, And you see that in acting. Someone's yes. making, you see, you see it in a, have, in a lot of places. <laughs> I have learned if you're if you're able to have that clarity early on, it should make everyone's job in post that much easier. Yes, and it should make the editing easier. But another thing that we haven't touched on yet, and this mm-hmm. is what I'm learning, although I'm not yet behind the camera, the management of all of these people collaborating on the project. When, as you said, Hilliard, only the director is really going to get the credit. Especially in a short film. So I could, we could talk all day about the director and the subject falling out. It's like, <laughs> dude, you got to get on the phone and humble yourself. Mm-hmm. If the budget was an issue, that was a conversation for us to have three weeks ago and not now mm-hmm. after we done started shooting and mm-hmm. there's a schedule. So the <laughs> we people management that, we? <laughs> is That'd huge. That was huge. What do you want to hold? Come on. Directing. Get it. There's actually only two things 
that you got to do as a director. <laughs> Only two things you have to do. You got to manage the people, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing fucking... Uh, 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 people in, underestimate uh, it. You don't yeah, understand no, no. how that... And the divas... And ev- See, here's the thing. Everybody is an artist. Yeah. And that's why you yeah. want them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you gotta know, but you have to know how to make that work. And that takes a very specific personality mm-hmm. that I think... It's difficult for a lot of writers because mm-hmm. a lot of writers are so used to working. I mean, I think there's a lot of writers who are trouble just working in the writer's room, collaborating mm-hmm. like that. Imagine when you got like 50 people mm-hmm. who are like, right. and, and the second thing you got to do as a director is no one to say yes, no one to say no. Yes. Because so you have three or four people, people coming at you at have, once. Are always, yeah. I mean, like, that's your you know? job is yeah. do you like this? Do you not like this? Do you like this? What, what do you, and you just said yes, no, yes, no. I mm-hmm. mean, this, and even with takes, mm-hmm. do you like it? No, go again. Yes, <laughs> we're moving on. But you're firm in making the decision. That, I mean, like, there's a really great documentary on, I think it's the making of, the making of Social Network. Is, oh, it's, yeah, on that, yeah, yeah. it's on that Blu-ray, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this scene where, you know, they're doing all the, the tests, with the, which you always got to do. Testing is the biggest thing, so you're not surprised. But they're doing the wardrobe tests. Mm-hmm. And Justin Timberlake comes to the lot at Sony where they're doing everything, mm-hmm. and there's like bins and bins of watches and sunglasses right. and and, and wall- the right and, one, wall- right? and shit. And yeah. he's there, and he's picking stuff, and he's got to show it to Fincher, mm-hmm. and Fincher's got to approve it. Go okay, because he's saying this. Timberlake's saying this is what my character would wear, mm. and what do you think? Mm-hmm. Fincher is your vision, yeah. and he's like, "No, that yes, this." So, so it's again, it all is saying yes or no because once you, and then you, the direct, I mean, the costume, the costume people, the prop people, did all this fucking work to get you that shit. Like the movie we did, mm-hmm. the you know, like Mario and, and Sonya, like they did this fucking amazing ass shit. Mm-hmm. But we just told them in the beginning, and then they fucking surprised the shit out of us mm-hmm. when it all came together because it was like. Oh, what we just were musing about in our bedroom. Mm-hmm. That's now right. Now there. Okay, you just brought up a good topic. Something you were starting to say about issues that happen on the set. No doubt. Now, Chris, how many things did, did you want in that room, right, in, in the lab that we never got? And it still looked like we had tons of production. You know, you wanted machines moving. You wanted this happen. You wanted that happen. We can get one or two of them, but we couldn't get ten of them. Right. You know what I mean? There were certain visions that you changed, and it did not hurt. And I always use that. Let me just give me one second. Mm-hmm. I always use that same thing when in my movie Troublesome, and when we were on the train, I had this badass art department girl who was, we were going to take this train and move it up against a wall, and, and she had, like, these, she was building, like, these pipes, that would look like water was dripping from them just to give it texture in the backdrop. Mm-hmm. In the end, you never fucking see the walls anyway. The right. way we shot it, so it was like a waste of time. Right. You know, and we ended up, she ended up getting another job, and I was all depressed about, oh, my God, you know, cinematically, mm-hmm. we're not going to have this thing. It's, it, it, it wouldn't have mattered. And it turned out fine. It wouldn't have mattered at all. Well, you know what so, I mean? So, I mean, this, this is the deceptive thing about um, scouting and everything. Mm-hmm. And this, I hate this. Is, goes back to my lens conversation, but <laughs> you just like lenses. No, all right. no, 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 no. Because okay, check out. So, you, so when we went to the the, the location and scouted it, mm-hmm. the lab location, mm-hmm. my, my brother. I mean, I didn't really see it. 
Oh, really? But I thought, it looks cool. It's got all this great-ass shit on the ceiling, and it just looked fucking cool as shit. Shane was like, this is going to fucking kill. It was and it was, it, But he's shot like 15, 20 movies, so he yeah. knows. So, Shane's so, a DP, by DP. the way. So when we get there, my brother and I, we get there, and the art department had been there for like two hours setting everything up. And we're like, okay, this looks cool, this looks cool. But you're still looking at it from your eye. Mm-hmm. And your eye sees things Plus in a way it was that, dark in there, so you couldn't you quite can see, get so, the... But your, your eye sees things mm-hmm. that, in a way that the lens doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then you throw on... 30 millimeter anamorphic and mm-hmm. it's like okay depth of field is super shallow all this kind of shit then it mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily matter but you don't know that until you got a lens on the camera but, okay. and I mean, I mean it wouldn't matter if, if, if you knew the lens or not you, like, you don't know what you see until you look at it through the monitor but right. then, do, you then, use, do you usually try to get your DP to bring their camera with them so you can look through or what do you do well, in, in that sense well what we did is Shane has this app on his camera I can't remember what it's called. Oh, that's it's right. like, it looks it's, like it's it, the real it, deal. It, yeah, it's because yeah. usually what you do is yeah, you can photograph with your iPhone, but he has this app. I think it was like thirty dollars because I was going to buy it, but it like it it tells you like you program like all your camera information into it, mm-hmm. and then it gives you a frame that that mimics that, mm-hmm. and then you just hold it up and look at it, and then mm-hmm. you say, oh, there's a you know, and a lot of times they have those director finders where mm-hmm. not the one that most people think of that hangs on the on the string. Mm-hmm. There's these ones that you like. Put the cinema lens on and look through so you know exactly what you're getting. Oh, okay. You know, although it's not like $125 a day, mm-hmm. and we weren't going to rip that <laughs> on our budget. Um, but the thing is, is that the monitor's there when you're there on the set. And again, it goes back to you saying mm-hmm. yes, no, because you see what's there and you go, right. I don't need this. Oh, you know what? If you just move the camera to the left just like inch and a half, we cut this out. Mm-hmm. Don't need to worry about that blank space. Mm-hmm. And, since we, and since it's not fully pre- prepped with shit, that's cool anyway because you're not going to see it. Right. You know, and that's it goes about your conversation. Just make well, it look like. We, and there's another big one we haven't touched on yet. Getting the best performance out of your actors and talent management, if you will. Yeah. Like good directors who I admire in film and television can tell you all about that outside of the lenses and the shots and the visual. Talk to me about the okay. best way to so, kind of maximize uh, that actor okay, talent. Okay, so that's what I was saying. I mean, that's why the way that I go into it, that's why I was saying to you earlier, you got to know the emotional moments because that informs everything. Right. And, you know, like Woody Allen knows that Let's just just roll it because the moment's going to play like this. And that, trying to get the risk performance out of your actors is really the hardest part of any directing if that's not your immediate skill set. And it is not for a lot of people because a lot of people don't know how to talk to actors. Like actors, like every other art form in the game, they have their own technical jargon. Yes. That... It's like pushing levers for them, and the, you know, the, the, for them, it's not like you're pushing leather, like the levers, but you say something to them, and they know, oh, it's button two and and and, and switch seven. And I'm gonna do this. I mean, in their own head, like that's a bad analogy, but you know what I'm saying. So, right. so you have to be able to like really. I mean, the biggest thing is that they have to feel that the space is safe, mm-hmm. that they feel comfortable in. Looking like a fool, yeah. <laughs> because ultimately, 
you don't know what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. No one knows what's going to happen, and you've going to and you and and when actors fall on their face, but have committed to fall on their face, yeah. mm-hmm. that's when it's just dope. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and if mm-hmm. it doesn't work, you actually don't know if it doesn't work till you're editing. Cause you might go, oh, you know what? There's that little like look she gave you for three seconds before mm-hmm. she fucking right. broke the take and started mm-hmm. laughing let's go grab that and put it here mm-hmm. but but they need to feel because if they feel safe then they will give you everything right. they will and writers have to learn that it's tough because again you come up in a writer's room mm-hmm. or sitting in your home or your office you know with the script and the pages you don't have that same orientation so they always tell us take an improv class, spend some time with actors because there is a level of exploration and instinctively for us, I think it's like, well, we have a script. We're talking about exploration. We're not trying to deviate from here. What's on the page. So, mm-hmm. Writers have to learn not to be so completely precious. Mm-hmm. Oh, you oh, and yeah. and directors too. And yeah, that you, 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 you have to you, learn that. That yeah, takes you, time. You, look, the, 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 I think one of the best stories I heard about dialogue being thrown away mm-hmm. is Tom Hanks on uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, really? That one? Huh? Like apparently, that's one movie you don't expect anybody to be improv either. Do you? For sure. Well, no, it's not just that, but it's not just improv. It's that he said that. I think you go back and read the script. I read the script after this. Mm-hmm. Um, his character says a lot mm-hmm. in the opening of the movie. Yeah. All that beat shit when they're rolling around, he's talking all the time, everything mm-hmm. like that. In the movie, he's not. Because he's, he's told Spielberg, he was like, hey, I can do all this in looks. See, when, actors, when I hear actors do that, I'm like, that's a motherfucking genius right there. Yeah. That their ego is so big that they don't need to be Still talking. Mean, I can do it. In, you know I mean, what I'm saying? Now, and if you remember the movie, this is what's so fucking good about that movie. When that movie, like, yo, they're coming into Omaha, beast and shit's going on, blah, blah, blah. The, the first shot you see mm-hmm. of Tom Hanks mm-hmm. is his hand shaking. Because mm-hmm. he's fucking scared, mm-hmm. and it's like, uh, and he like grabs it and holds it because yeah, everyone's yeah. was looking at him, and he's like the fucking captain. He's like mm-hmm. got to lead shit. Mm-hmm. That tells you so much more than any so piece of like, like, Spielberg like, got dialogue. it. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, he, so that's part of the exploration that, you, that Tracy's talking about, and it's like the thing about writers' rooms is when they're really good. It's when everybody feels safe to like confess their Absolutely. sins and yeah. shit like that. And you've yeah. been in a lot of rides rooms, so you know. I've, I've been in enough. You know what I mean? But th- that same sense of safety is what you have to put on the set right. as a director. And it's hard because there's the camera, there's the lights, there's the crew, there's all. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that fucks with them. Like, mm-hmm. I remember one time, it was an early, early movie that my brother and I did. We bought this guy, he's great, great audition, mm-hmm. came in, saw the lights, you know, mm-hmm. map box, shit like that, froze. Because this a machine yes. is running right. at yes. you as the actor. Yes. And it's like 50, whatever, 20 people, 10 people, whatever mm-hmm. it is, the crew size, it's all being focused point to the lens and it's all being pointed at the actor. Mm-hmm. And he's like, fuck, everyone's watching. And if you slip but look, but look, look, okay, let me go back one more step further. Here's something that we saw. All right, so we did. <laughs> The casting, right? Shout mm-hmm. out to Pamela Asmiandri for casting, right? We did the casting where we just came in. We didn't even really tape them. Second time you come to callbacks, you tape them. Here's what happens. People adjust. Yes. Don't they? Yes. Now they know the camera's on them, so they start doing extra shit, mm-hmm. right? Or 
they get nervous because the camera's on them and they start fucking up. Big don't time. They? Big don't time. Yeah. And, and, and if someone fucks up with, with a little Sony, like, mm-hmm. like handy cam going mm-hmm. on a small ass tripod, imagine you cannot have them on your movie. Imagine set. you got two or three cameras on you, you, got, you know, yeah. that big, you know. And I would hope that these are just less seasoned people, less seasoned performers who just hadn't been there yet. Because I mean, you go on so many of, auditions. No, it's you, some you of both. Be, but to see, be honest, you, you mm. hear these people say these big actors say they get intimidated. Yeah, I mean, still all the time. They hate auditioning. Wow. Some actors hate auditioning. Some actors love auditioning. The ones right. who love it are the ones who book a lot. Right. Yeah. That's what I've found. Yeah. And from being a former actor. Mm. I booked a lot. Mm-hmm. I loved auditioning. Right. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean, mean? Well, there's certain... There's you certain, got to play mm-hmm. and, you know, bring what you had to the version of the character and the scene. Of course. Yeah. That's all. I mean... The, I get actors out there. Don't get me wrong. I get it's easy to say. Yeah. So, but we all, we, you know, we respect but, that process. But back to your question about exploring with the actors and getting their performance. And, I mean, the biggest thing is, is that you don't tell them what to do. You pitch them mm-hmm. what to do, just mm-hmm. like in the writers. Yeah, let's give them an example. Let's so example. you know, if someone's doing a take, and I think Sidney Pollock was saying this one time. He was like saying that the best words you can say with anything is "as if." Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see where you're going. So uh-huh. can you do this as if he yep. just stabbed your mom? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And all yeah, of a yeah. sudden, that totally characterizes how you're going to say uh-huh. the line. So you, the writer, write the line where he's like. No, everything's fine, but you got to say it like you know the person just stabbed your mom. Mm-hmm. So then you're like, you know you're yeah it tra- it changes how you feel about it right? it out right. or uh-huh. you say you know because like here's the thing if you take an acting class they'll always sit around and tell you that you got to have an objective for the scene mm-hmm. you know like I got to get this guy to kiss me I got to get you know get this girl to do whatever it is I got to do those things. Um, a lot of times when you write, you're thinking that too. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's the objective? But then you got to do the same thing with the actors. You got to give yes. them objectives mm-hmm. in the scene. And the thing is, and and to really, excuse me, to make your movie sing performance-wise, when you're edit- in the editing room, this is you got to give them different objectives every take. Because then it's like they'll modulate their performance based upon how you're saying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're, what you're asking from them because they're just playing around. I mean, you never want to say this is the heaviest moment of the movie. Always play it heavy. Mm-hmm. You got to give know, it that like, space. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, you know, just really, who is this guy? <laughs> well, you, well, you're talking about something right now that reminds me also. One of, one of the problems that I see when I'm producing and I almost, I didn't have to do it with you guys because we had rehearsal so we understood it. But sometimes when you don't have time to have rehearsal and you just come on the set and you start going to work, Sometimes younger filmmakers will set the scene, will do a rehearsal, and they and the actors are kind of just trying to feel what's going on. Right. They're marking it, like in dance class. Right. They're marking it. And you could see the director and sometimes even the DP going, oh, my God, these are the actors who are playing this thing, or what are we working with here? Like they're not even giving us anything. Mm. And they go in after the first rehearsal, where all we did was just say, you know how it is. You're like, okay, on this line, you're going to walk over here. You put the book down. You walk over, right, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, boom, you sit down. Scene's over, right? Well, you do all those things. The actors go through the motions. 
and then sometimes a younger filmmaker steps in and starts charging them with all these things with all these extra directions of emotion can't do that that's can't, missing you, you can't, that's no. overdoing it overdoing it you have, it's it's like yeah. you gotta pitch them this like set management is the is the is the the that's your job mm-hmm. as a director because this this managing the personalities so mm-hmm. you know that the first take or the first rehearsal if there is no like before the scene rehearsal mm-hmm. that's them figuring out the space you cannot even think you shouldn't even be marking that just so oh, let's just do it quick because you know the lights are up and blah 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 right. they're trying to get the lights up and you just you have them do it and then they and you know they're not committed yet Yes. Right. It, we, you actually never want them to commit emotionally when you're rehearsing, right. and they need direction without necessarily giving them literal direction. Goes back to what you were saying about how you talk to them. It's really about the way you express and ask for what you need. It's, so the silly yes. Pollock saying, "As if," and you hear, "Okay, that's cool. How about if we try it this way? Exactly. What do you yeah. think about trying it that way?" That's, that, and you're that's doing take them. after take after take. So the actor who appreciates it, he said, well, he never said, you know, those takes were bad. Mm-hmm. I figured that out later. He just kept saying, okay, well, why don't we try this? How about we try it this way? And eventually they get what they need as opposed to, no, you need to do it like this. Oh, that, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. well, that's Sometimes in the heat of, of shit, you'll see a director get frustrated and line read them or do whatever. You know, you'll, you'll see it. And I'm the first person to pull them aside and go, uh, don't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah because, because you'll lose their respect if mm-hmm. you don't give them their chance to flourish as artists. Mm-hmm. I mean, the biggest thing you got to do is after every take, Say what you liked. Mm-hmm. Give yes. them something. I mean, if you hated everything, you got to feed the beast. But one little <laughs> thing, you know, like somehow some woman like runs her, she runs her hand through her hair. Mm-hmm. Just tell her that was so cool. You did that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it and it came out you know, spontaneously. It's yeah, that yeah. was so cool. And then so, the, but it's, but Tracy, you just said tell them what you want. The bit, this goes back to what's the emotional moment of the scene. You got to mm-hmm. start every little moment with. With every scene you go to and just say to them, this is what the scene's about. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Ask them yeah. as a question. Not tell, yeah. Don't tell right. them. Ask yeah. right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. And if they didn't know what it's about, now they do, but they're not going to mm-hmm. say they know. If, if, if they had another idea, mm-hmm. they'll tell you. They'll go, no, right. I think it's really about this. Right. And if that's... Yeah, I was playing this, was, which is because I thought yeah. such and such. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Go with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let them do that. Take Let them do that it. Way, way, yeah. And then come back. Because to do another take, five minutes? Yeah. You, got, right. you always got five minutes for another take. But you want the actor to know that you collaborated. Yeah. And this is what you're saying, like you said, like, like earlier, about they come up and say, hey, what if we do this? Mm-hmm. Actors who do that to you, who tell you shit to do, that's the golden actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They care. They they up there thinking about the the role more than you are, Mm -hmm. and you want that because you can't think about every backstory. They care, and you know you're going to get the best possible performance. We all know that doesn't always happen, but yeah, that's what you want. Yeah, you you brought you brought up another point that I was thinking about. We were talking. We were starting to take a little bit about like actors improving and whatever. Yes, and it reminded me of I do this thing where I call it a gimme. Whereas, especially like if you did like, remember Kareem, Kareem right. Graham, Kareem is like really good at improv. So 
I knew that he would say something and then all of a sudden spit out a little extra line of something and we all would almost chuckle and mess up the take. And so I'd be like, okay, I need to give him one. I need him to do one, and I need to give him one. So I call it a gimme. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Kareem, just do one. Just ramble on and just make sure you end up at this part. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Right, right. And I do that. Every time I have that type of an actor, I don't do it with everybody. But if I have that yeah. type of an actor, I make sure I give them a gimme. So that they feel like, man, I got to be me. I didn't just have to do just the dialogue and the character. I got, yeah. to, you know, I got to play. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that... It keeps them happy. Yes. Keeping everybody happy, that's your job as a director. It sucks because you got there's so many people you gotta deal with, you gotta keep happy. But if they're happy, and that's like to the grip to the people that you don't you know, like whenever you see them, smile at them, thank them for the for the mm-hmm. work they're doing. Everybody. I mean, like everybody You should know their names. You know, because they're busting their ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember that one guy? I can, Which one? Uh I want to say his name is Jonas, or oh, one, one of the PAs. The PAs oh yeah, who was who, who was doing the smoke? He was and on it, his. I mean, shit. he was doing shit because it was like 105 degrees yep. in your house, and he was like, we were all trying to just be still and not move no in between takes, and he had to like keep the smoke level up. So he had to, so <laughs> had like, to be perfect. So, too. so he had to be waving this thing the whole time. And That's like, commitment. And I was and this he, dude was he, a beast, and we were like. Shit, dude. I mean, I'm not doing that because, mm-hmm. damn, I, I mean, damn. You know, but, you know. Um, and he has to be, like, on the floor in a weird yeah, position. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> hiding out and shit. It was just, you know, we and no AC. It was just crazy. Yeah. And I was like, uh, you know what? Hats off to that guy. Yeah. Know his name. Yeah. You don't forget you know, him. It, it, don't forget. But yeah. you, you know what? You, you as a director, mm-hmm. get him a bottle of water with the mm-hmm. That's what I did. I said, yeah. do you? Because it's like, yeah. he's not expecting that. Mm-hmm. And everyone's going to see that that's mm-hmm. how you behave. That, mm-hmm. You know, like, that you don't put anybody yeah. above your ego because see, you don't want the, the here's, to be above the film. Here, here's something that I always do when I'm a producer. When I get, I usually have about four or five PAs, don't I? Yeah. And <clears throat> I gather them around and I'm like, look, here's what I need, right? Mm-hmm. I say, a really good PA to me is somebody, if somebody drops something, you pick it up. Now, just because you're working in camera and somebody drops it in crafty doesn't mean you can't help them. Right. That's right. I need somebody. Who, this dude, Jonas, we were talking about. Shout out to you, by the way. First motherfucker. Something dropped. He would grab it. He didn't care if he had a whole handful of stuff. He used his feet and help you pick it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. <clears throat> but I always do this thing where um, um, I and here's here's another thing. I try to make sure I put them in the department they want to be in. He wanted to be in the camera department. Right. Okay. He I, didn't, I didn't put him at crafty. I didn't have him sitting over there. Right. I didn't have him, you know, in another department. I put him where he wanted to be. I asked him, what do you want to be? Yeah. I want to be a camera department. You know what I mean? I want to be a DP. Good. I'm going to put you over there. Just okay. shadow See, shame. Okay. okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's great for him. Whatever yeah. he needs, grab it. You know yeah. what I mean? Whatever. What do you want to be? I want to be a writer. I'm like, okay. Well, they're too busy, so stick with me. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah. they at least need somebody who be to be their assistant and who get whatever they need. Whatever. Right. So you do that and that at the same time. You just got to micromanage. Whatever. Right. Right. But I try to put them where they want to be, so then they're excited about doing it. You incentivize them. I'm not just putting you a crafty you, or in some shitty job standing that. outside. Like yeah, yeah, like putting cones outside. Like yeah. No. 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 Because no. see, like the thing that a lot of writers, I think will have a, a difficult time with when they first direct is how slow the process is. 
Yeah, this set could be very boring. Yes. This, it's super, <laughs> it sure can. It's, su- yeah. it's super boring for everybody mm-hmm. but the DP and the director. Mm-hmm. It's, su- I mean. Moves very slowly. For yeah. everybody. Because you, and, it's, and the reason why it's not boring for the director is you are thinking of everything to fucking do mm-hmm. still. Yeah. And the DP is actually working. I re- I'll never <laughs> forget. I walked I mean, up to Chris about 10 minutes before we finally shot the first the first shot that day oh, yeah. and Chris was just standing there like doing something with his finger and like you're right he's like I just want to see the fucking first shot <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah cause you're worrying about oh my god that's the thing <laughs> time time is like Simon Legree yeah he got the whip on you and he's and, and it's coming every fucking moment you gotta just be you gotta dodge it oh no and, well, and no grab question. it mm-hmm. and like you know because that's that's your enemy. Uh-huh. That is your biggest enemy imaginable is time. And anyone who fucks up your time situation, uh-huh. they should be slaughtered there on set. Sacrifice yeah. for everyone to see. But that's how important the time is. Uh-huh. And, when, and, 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 and you never know what's dragging the time. You can't force anyone to go faster. You know, you really, I mean, you, you, you can't. You know, yeah. but well, here's another. You go. Were you about to? Say oh, uh, TV goes without saying. It'll be the end of your employment. Mm-hmm. But try messing up one day. <laughs> All those union okay, people. That machine. Shit. It, you're done. Yeah. So, look, we can't talk about directing without talking about your AD and your line producer. You talked a little bit about the line producer earlier. But a lot of young filmmakers will, will be shooting without these two departments. They're fucking up. And they don't realize how important they are. They're fucking up. Let's talk I mean, about those two departments. I don't want to be that, cr- that crass, but... There's a friend of mine. If I could be there, yeah, yeah. A friend of mine who's, who's <laughs> in the rant room, damn it. Who is in the DGA? He's been in the DGA as a first AD for mm-hmm. about 25 years, mm-hmm. and he's worked on a lot of television shows that everybody loves. Um, and he worked on a movie that my brother and I did. He worked on "Fuck You, Pay Me." That's how we met him. Mm-hmm. Um, he told me something one time that is very interesting. He was like, "No one gives a shit about your movie on this set, but you and the AD." Yeah. Because everyone else will be working again once this wraps, they get another job lined up. They're and, done. And, and if this movie fucking tanks, it's not on them at all. Not it's on, on the director all. only. Mm-hmm. If it if it does well, then everyone gets their props. But mm-hmm. so the AD is your rock. He needs to be your best fucking friend. I, I mean, that <laughs> person has to know everything about you. Like, did you fuck last night and you're tired? <laughs> like shit, like that. Like that has to be part of the conversation For because, sure. because mm-hmm. that person is making sure that everyone else is, is that person Simon Legree too mm-hmm. I mean the right person they're not angry and yelling but they know how to they, I mean like the woman we had mm-hmm. she was good because she was very quiet but she Firm. kept everything Firm. moving and wasn't screaming you don't mm-hmm. need to scream ever um, but you need that person because you you know, like there's always these, kind, you know, like makeup and lighting, and everyone's always trying to like jockey for more time and shit like that, that that you don't even know. And that person is like making sure everything is going smooth together. If you don't have a good AD, you're really. Let's tell people about you're, the you're job of the AD. So the job of the AD, that person schedules the day. Mm-hmm. That person sits down and they do the call sheets. They, they, they do, do the like, call sheets. They call. <laughs> they, they make sure that I mean, they get there early. They probably leave last. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who make. I mean, sit there and tell you, "Well, so let me see your shot list." It's probably the hardest you know, job on the set. Yeah, I'm, I'm see all that shit. So hardest that, job, it, right? It, but the, the, like, they'll let you know what you got to get rid of mm-hmm. before right. you even start shooting anything. And for mm-hmm. people who don't know, what's the difference between 
making the day and shooting everything that you set out to that Good day point. and not making the day and what happens when <laughs> you fall off the schedule what can happen well in television you might be fired that day there's there's no might about it's the it's the infamous reshirt or the infamous pickup yeah um as the in a movie you know like movies tend to have a little more flexibility for a lot of reasons but they know how to figure out how to i mean there's a really fascinating story well you'll lose something is what you do you could lose something but but if they're really great they know how to like shuffle shit around and creatively find, and find you time. Like there's a really really fascinating story on the Fight Club commentary hmm. where there's the scene in the Paper Street house where they're sitting in the bathtub talking. Oh, yeah. You know, near the, mm-hmm. in the movie, that wasn't how they originally shot that. They mm-hmm. shot it somewhere else, and Fincher didn't like it. And he said it was AD. Find me two hours sometime later in this, on another day. Hmm. Later in the schedule, because I want to shoot because <laughs> he shit, can. You know? <laughs> but you still, but yeah. you can't really go over budget. I mean, like, yeah, he's yeah. coming off of you know whatever. Like, but you still don't want to be that guy well, who's known Fincher for fucking goes over up. Budget yeah. in every movie, but, but he makes his money but, back. Yeah, but it's, it's that thing. It's like, you, but you can always find mm-hmm. time if you ha- if you're like, okay, so what else? I mean, that means also you, the director, got to say to yourself, okay, so I have to find a day where I have. Where I can maybe find an hour, and mm-hmm. maybe they she tells you we could do on this day if you make this scene go faster, which means that that scene that you thought you might have to reconceive it mm-hmm. to do less setup so you can get out of it to find the hour to do that pickup day. Yeah, and now, right. now you're looking at okay, so we're shooting on Tuesday the 14th, for instance. Where are we on Tuesday the 14th? Well, we're in that mansion. Oh, well, there's that other room that we looked at. Right. Maybe right. we could squeeze in an mm-hmm. hour. You know what I mean? Right. I can have them preset that right. up. So as soon as we finish scene B, we could skip over that. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But that's all. Exactly. But and that's there, the AD. There in lies your AD again. AD is the one. I mean, like the whole board, the reason why, you know, you have to, the, the reason why your script is written in the way it is, why you should never cheat with like line spacing and shit like that is because of the margins, because the AD is taking your script. And breaking it down into eighths of a page to determine how much you can shoot in a day. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know the, the true mathematics behind that. But, but, but you know what they do? Yeah. And they'll tell you what the fuck you're going to get three eighths of a page today. Yeah. You better move your ass because that like, you know, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. It might seem like yeah. a lot or it might seem like a little. And Fincher knew what he wanted in that example. Mm-hmm. He spoke up. But, but, but yeah. now that, that's an example he went through. I'll tell you an example my brother and I went through. Mm-hmm. We tell, did, it, tell it. So when we did our Heineken commercial, mm-hmm. we got this bar and the guy said, you can shoot here. It's for like, I think, $25 or some shit like that. It's a great bar. Up in, or maybe, you know, it, it might even have been for free up in North Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You just, just like whenever we're not open. Yeah. So I was like, when are you guys not open? <laughs> well, from 3.30 in the morning <laughs> to 11. <laughs> we were like, fuck. Well, you know, what are inside, whatever. Yeah. We'll shoot, we'll shoot, make we'll shoot, whatever. Make, make it work. work, make it work. So we scheduled this time, 3.30. Call time in the morning. Yeah. It's just a fuck call time. Oh, it's like, that's awful. You know, because how do you sleep and all that kind of stuff like that and everything like that? Um, we get there, mm-hmm. nobody is there. Uh oh. Nobody. Vacant. 
I'm like, a, a bar's this empty at this time? So, and call a guy? This, this, this is your producer's fault. I'm just going to say you know, this is the produ- He should have been on the ship. That's all I'm you saying. Know, well, my, my, well, my brother, I'm producing. This <laughs> well, like, well, yeah, you know. I'm no offense to so, you, so, so, but so, damn it. <laughs> so we call the guy. No answer. <laughs> the motherfucker's asleep. It's 3.30 in the morning. Uh, <laughs> call the guy some more. He lives in our building. He go, we go to his spot. He's not there. <laughs> uh He's out with someone he met at the bar. Oh, man. So he's like, fucking. Yeah. And he finally takes our call at like five in the morning. And the whole crew is sitting outside. The whole like, crew is sitting. And my brother and I are fucking losing it. Wow. Yeah, everybody's looking at you. Losing it. Like, what, well, we've yeah, done it. Y'all are the assholes. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And, and you, you only have to 11. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. You already exactly. lost two hours. You lost two hours. Yeah. He's like, I'll be there in a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> Two and a half hours. He didn't get there till seven. What? Oh yeah, he didn't get there till seven. What? I'm sorry. Four hours. Was, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. We get the first shot. We get the first shot. We get the first shot. Okay, so he must have got there at five thirty or something, something like yeah. that. <clears throat> My brother and I are fucking cringing. Yeah. Rad uh-huh. had worked on Starship Troopers second AD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's, he, he, yeah, he, like, he knows this shit. He's like a few days of being the first AD in the union. Okay. And and he was like. Let me see the storyboards again. Don't worry. Mm. And we were like, two. We got to like fucking. Yeah. We got to sacrifice all we our shit. Like, it was a lot of yes. shit. Not getting no time. Yes. And he was like, don't worry. Mm-hmm. You know. And then we were like, all right. We so we went to the makeup to the bathroom. Started talking with the make the actors and like that. They see you know he's like, all right, we're ready to shoot the first shot. You know. <laughs> And he had this thing whole rejiggered. Really? And we, and we made the day. Huh. And we made the fucking day. Crazy. Huh. You know, because he yeah. fucking was like, don't Crazy. worry about shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wasn't yelling and screaming at anybody. And he made it. I was just like, this is why you want to fucking do it. It's priceless. You know, and yeah. it, you know what? I didn't have to know mm-hmm. what we were doing. He was like saying, this is what you're doing next. Mm. This is the shot. This is what here next. You're doing this. And we were like, well, we know what we want. So mm-hmm. everybody there you do go. this, blah, 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 you know, but that's what you need. That mm-hmm. person saves you. Mm-hmm. Hey, we we covered a lot about directing today yeah, yeah, yeah. and filmmaking. I figured I want, we were going in, so I just left. It take it, let me take it back to the scripts for a second, and definitely, hopefully definitely. all of us will benefit. You know, Chris and I were talking in a hallway before Hilliard got here. You know, catching late. up. You saying I was late? Well, you done told on yourself. <laughs> I wasn't going to. <laughs> You're in charge, bro. It's all right. <laughs> but, you know, we're cashing up. How's the project going? Listen and that. Mm-hmm. Chris telling me about the Derek Brothers feature. I'm excited. And different scripts. Stuff going on around town. Mm-hmm. I'm working on some stuff. And I always try to put myself in position of the audience and shout to everybody who hits us up. Mm-hmm. Um, Screenwriters Ram Room has my Twitter feed popping off, a little something. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about all of you, and you and I hadn't spoken in yeah. a minute. Yeah, what's going on? And I had a meeting that was someone I known for a long time at a network, just shaking trees, seeing what's going on. It's past traditional uh, network staffing season, so yeah. took me a minute to get in this room, but I was rejuvenated. Coming out of that meeting, thank you. And it's good to hear. Nothing was guaranteed to me or assured to me. Yeah. It was like, all right, well, here's what we think we can do. Mm-hmm. Of course, when it's time for you to 
step up to the plate, Tracy. You know, you got to dazzle him. You got to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. <clears throat> you know, assured of nothing at all. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, the energy and these are great people. I can't say them over the microphone just no, yet. Sure. But I was really I didn't know how much energy that meeting would give me, and it took me back. You know, we all have challenges in this game. Mm-hmm. Nobody owes us anything. It's a very unforgiving game at times, but every day is a new day. And people will tell you, you know, hang in there, keep writing, mm-hmm. stay with it. Persistence wins the day. Yeah, yeah. My dad, his father's day had an old saying in business, you know, you keep coming out with your bucket long enough Mm. Eventually, you're gonna catch something that falls in that bucket. Why are you trying to make your brother teary eyed? So you know, because I've been, I've been where y'all have been, yes. struggling with that script, mm-hmm. trying to break that story, crack that idea, hang in there, stay with it. Yeah. You know, every day is a new day, and you never know, you know, what's what's coming around the corner. So, mm-hmm. you know, it can be very comfortable. To give up, do something else. We all know people, you know, leave L.A., mm-hmm. you know, do other things and kind of move on. But you never know when you could be uh, very close to breaking through. And so you just have to hang in there. And that's not always an easy thing. But just this one meeting did that for me. So, good. you know. Good. You feel rejuvenated. All you yeah. newbie. Really. And you look good right now. I know. Thank you very much. Hey, y'all, y'all know I've been a bean pole. So, you know. Uh, we have a skinny contest. Uh, no, no, no. Me too. I'm down 162 for 178. Bro. Okay. What's I going to say? I was going to say about that. Yeah, you know, the perseverance is 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 yeah, so You critical. and your brother have been through some shit. Um. You just, you know, we were talking earlier about this management thing. The mm-hmm. manager was telling you, telling you what to write and shit like that. Know about that. And uh, uh, <laughs> it's this thing that, you know, like they said, they said on the Queen Sugar panel. It's mm-hmm. like you got to write what you are passionate about. Mm-hmm. And, I got, and, the, and the thing like I was saying to you earlier, you got to write what you want to go see. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is the only way that you really make your work good. Mm-hmm. You can chase what people are doing or what you think might be interesting and stuff like that, but it's like tell write a story that is 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 really for you. It's like you know, it's like it's it's like I was telling Tracy like the the comedy thing that you right. read. We were like I'm tired of seeing these comedies, these action comedies mm-hmm. that are like comedies with some action scenes in them. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, they like, just have like we got four set pieces you know, that build around this, right? You know, because because when I'm growing up, it's like Beverly Hills Cop, mm-hmm. Forty Eight Hours, Last Boy Scout mm-hmm. are like my favorite character comedies. So character driven. Mm-hmm. They're not really that funny. They're buddy, they're buddy, they're buddy buddies, cop, right. but they're not. They're, but they're not funny like. You well, know, they're no. nuanced. They're, they're yeah. character yeah. comedies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the last one that I really saw that I liked that I saw that I liked that this type of action buddy comedy was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, yes. You know, because... Well, Black, you can't, yeah. you know. But I've been like, reading uh, that but this, this, this week. It's crazy. That shit's good. Crazy. You see why the motherfucker We're going to talk look, off air. You see air. why the motherfucker was $3 million, damn it, look. <laughs> He's so The freaking good. pros were off He's that so chain. Good. He's yeah. so good. Yeah. But it's like, but you know, like, like, I think Last Boy Scout is one of my... 
uh, favorite action comedies. And hmm. it, it didn't come, do well when it came out. It was yeah. like Shane Black. Damon Wayans? Damon Wayans, Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was like Damon Wayans. I don't remember it that much, but I, I remember uh, seeing it. Yeah, yeah. Nice Guys, you have to let me know when you check it out. I saw Nice Guys. Or when I see it, we'll, 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 we'll talk about, about yeah, it. Okay, um, okay. You know, like that movie, it didn't do well when it came out. It's like it's it's because it's very mean spirited. Yeah, they were trying to make Damon an action star. And yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's not bad in it. It's yeah, like yeah. Halle Berry. Like mm-hmm. He's like a football player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's one of Bruce Willis's first roles after Die Hard or something like that. Uh, okay. So it's like I think people. It, I, it's, what was the movie? And it's mm-hmm. this Tony Scott film, which people don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking good. Um, there's like something. I'm check it out now. There's something never, that's, something that's interesting in it. And this won't spoil the nice guys, but in in Last Boy Scout, Shane Black has this. He's he's this little girl in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like he's instrumental in the story. Time. That's right. You know. That's right. It's, uh, uh, it's Bruce, Bruce Willis's daughter. daughter. But he's she's just, really good. Really too. good. Really yeah. good. Yeah. But he got a little girl who's instrumental storytelling in mm-hmm. Nice Guys too. Smart aleck and it's should. like the smart aleck. <laughs> I'm, I almost. It's like he always has that kind of like smart mm-hmm. aleck little child mm-hmm. in the film. Mm-hmm. Well, not always, but he has a lot, and it's like it adds to this. It adds to the to the lightness of the movie because mm. you can't make it. That heavy. Mm. If there's going to be no, some, some little girl That's in the right. scene, it's, and it's not a boy either, it's a little girl. True. So, it's just, like, it's, like Rush Hour had the little Asian girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just it, it's it's interesting. Um, so that so that so that's a, and we were like, mm. I don't see stuff like that in the, mm-hmm. in, the in the marketplace. Right. Okay. Let's let's do yeah, that. Yeah. I still buy that. Right. The film that you want to see and the show that you mm-hmm. want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Sounds simple, but that's yeah. what you got to do. All right. So thanks well, for letting leave me on that note. That in. That's some giving. We gave him some game today. That's what's up. Yeah, true. For free. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tell the truth. <laughs> I want some money. Exactly. So where you at, Tracy Grant? Uh, the real Trey at the real Trey T H E R E E L T R A Y at Twitter. Tracy Grant on Facebook. The Sexy and Grown Part 2 is coming in July. <laughs> but we'll get Tell into that. that is. Tell uh, me what that is. That I play is, music. Oh, okay. yeah. I, that I, cool. I run the Valley Club scene, yes, truthfully. Yes, okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, at The Real Trey uh, on Twitter. Hit me up, anybody. You know, I'll get you, help you get your life right, and That's I won't exactly. charge you. Where are you at, Christopher? I am at Unauthorized CBD on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Facebook, but I don't know how to do the Facebook thing. What do you like, mean you don't know how to do Facebook? I'm just Christopher Derrick on Facebook. Yeah, just say find me yeah, on but Facebook. Find, find yeah. me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find me sometime on my website, too, at um, shadowboxercinema.net. All right. Tell them about um, and Architects. We, we have this movie called Architects of Crime, science fiction, film noir. Uh, it's a short film. Yeah, about to um, hit all it's the festivals. It's, yeah, I mean, we just, we just submitted to a bunch of Urban World and... Cool. Uh, this one called Cinequest we're going to do. We're going to do mm-hmm. a lot, you know. And then the cool thing is, is that people hit me, you know, people be, be, these, these other festivals have been hitting me up, hitting me up on Twitter because mm-hmm. I saw that I submitted to one and like, oh, get into ours. Here's the, and happen. here's the discount. I was like, all right, now I'm like, yeah, come just hit y'all because I ain't trying to pay all this money. <clears throat> and then once you're in and people start seeing it, and then people start seeing You come in, Denise. Denise Harkavy. What's up, girl? Um, once people start seeing it, then people start asking you, "Hey, can you can, can I have you in mind?" Yeah, you know, you yeah, know, oh, so yeah, that, oh, yeah. yeah, because I think Russell, we submitted to your boys for mm-hmm. action on film. Yeah, um, we had the Mar- we submitted to Martha Vineyard, mm-hmm. so we're just trying to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So, all right, cool. Here it is. 
And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR, on Twitter. Please do us a favor and give us a five star review on iTunes. iTunes. <laughs> I was about to say on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> on iTunes. Appreciate that shit. We love that. We need that for the metrics and all that. Um, follow us on our Hilliard Guest at Screenwriters Rant Room on Facebook because um, we are trying to build that up too. And. Um, Everybody join in with me for 2016. Y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. Yes, sir. So on this show, we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it what, everybody? 2016. 2016. Peace, y'all. Peace and love. Let the beast about the cage That light about the dark Can you build the inferno From an itty bitty spark Coffee shop hustlers Rise with the cream A million other writers Same Hollywood dream Your pen and paper All like bullets in the gun Write what you feel Say what you want In the red We say what we say We do what we feel We gotta keep it real In the red All about the crap So look, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get in. Mm-hmm.